Hello, I'm Sean McCangus and this is episode 19 of the High Only Podcast Season 2. Today's guest is for Martin striker Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith played for the likes of Peter Head, Keith, Cove, Aberdeen and other clubs. Hope you enjoy this interview. Well, um, Johnny, so what, what first got you into football? Uh, I think it'd be my brother, uh, the way I was brought up and stuff like that. Um, my dad's a big football fan, my mum was uh, competing national level in hockey and netball and stuff like that, so sports was already always going to be a way I was going to be brought up. My brother's four years older than me um, and he's much better footballer than I ever was and am. Um, so yeah, I was... In a, shoved in a car following him round when he was playing seven years old and stuff like that so um, from three or four year old I was I was following him round kicking a ball at the side of a pitch so I knew it was something that I wanted to follow follow and do the same yeah um, so seeing you you came through the, the ranks at um, Wigan how, how was that for you in your development yeah it, it was really good it, it was it was really good I was I started at a younger age I was at uh, before that, I was at Liverpool, Crew, uh, Man City, and that that was really really good. I think it's sort of uh, it's, a, it's a very disciplined sport at that age. Um, that you think a kid's a kid; they should be allowed to do um, like play and stuff like that. Where where from seven years old, it was very very disciplined, and you were almost like it was driven into you to be to be a winner and stuff. Um, so that's carried me through a lot of a lot of things. And when when I went to Wigan, it was great for me because I went to uh, I ended up going to school in Wigan. Um, so that was that was interesting. I was probably one of the rare people that played uh, football because everyone was rugby rugby league based mm-hmm. over there. Yeah. So so was there any players you played alongside um, who stood out and and went on to to have a career? When I, yeah, when I was at Wigan, there was there was a lot of players. I was lucky enough to be in and around the first team when I was there. I was there until I was eighteen, uh, before making my move to Aberdeen. And yeah, just um, off the head, uh, Antonio Valencia went on to captain Man United. Um, Leighton Baines had a very very successful career at Everton and at national level. Um, Emil Heskey sort of ended his career. Stefan Honcho ended his career at, um, coming to the end of the career at Wigan. So yeah. Being around those players of stature, you you couldn't help but learn from them. And um, like I said, like Jimmy Bullard, um, I, I had a lot of time for for Ryan Taylor, who was who was a really really good player, probably one of the best right foots I've ever seen. And he had uh, one or two one or two unfortunate injuries, and then uh, ended up moving on to Newcastle. And then again, Harry had a couple of injuries there as well. Yeah, it, being around players like that, they were they were so professional, but they, they enjoyed the football, and that was that was that was it at Wigan. It was didn't feel like your job as such. I know everyone says that when football is 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 your love, something you're passionate about. You're very lucky to be playing it full time, but it, it was definitely that at Wigan. It was it was like a, a family environment. Everyone got on with everyone, and uh, and all the lads were very very close. Yeah. So 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 moving on after Wigan, you you, you came up north to, to Aberdeen. How how did that all come about? Uh, my agent at the time um, I had a choice between Aberdeen and Falkirk, 
Um, and to be honest, I, I personally wanted to go to Falkirk. I thought it was going to be the better club for me. Uh, it was that much closer to home and everything. And then uh, it was my agent that sort of steered me towards Aberdeen um, that year. Uh, it was in the summer uh, that I moved, but it was the season that was leading up to the the Europa League. Oh yeah, it's been a great opportunity to be in around, um, you know, being around that. And it was, it was. I, I, I don't regret that for 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 one minute. But yeah, it was, it was good to be in around that team and and to travel and experience the things that I did. So what was Jimmy? <laughs> what was Jimmy Calder like? Because he seems like quite a character. He definitely is a character. He, he's uh, he's he was so um, he was so harsh and hard on players, um, but you couldn't help respect what he did. I still stand by. Like I, he, he was a successful manager at Aberdeen. I think the Aberdeen fans were they want big things from Aberdeen, like everyone does. Like they want challenge from for titles and cups and stuff like that. And I think Jimmy Calderwood was. He come third, fourth, and and that, that to me, that's the best he could have done. Uh, he had a good couple of runs in the cups, but yeah, Jimmy Calderwood was uh, a very likable guy, but was also very harsh. And uh, I, I like that. I always I had that with Paul Jewell at Wigan as well. They were both similar, and they're not afraid to tell you something if it upsets you. They'll tell you. If they tell you you're doing crap. They'll tell you. And I think that's that's what football needs. It's like the hardy guys like that that you do need. Yeah, do do you feel like sometimes the the sugar coating doesn't really help at all because it just kind of feeds in the ego thing in terms of football? Yes, a hundred percent. Well, in in my eyes, yes. Um, I think certain players may react differently to getting shouted at, but I I think it. I I don't mind it. I had that with with John Sharon as well. We we got on really well, but at the same time, if I come off at half time and he says that I was. I wasn't doing uh, pulling my weight, or I wasn't doing something right. He had no no qualms with telling me that, and he he will tell you quite harshly. You need to do better. What's that all about? You need to do better. And I think I, I react better to that. I I prefer someone to not sugarcoat it. Just tell them, be honest. If you make a mistake, no one obviously means to make the mistakes. And if you've if you've made a mistake that's led to a goal, you need to be told, and then you move on and you get on with it. And I think that's 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 definitely the way I I do go about my life as well. I'd rather someone say if there's something wrong do it move on and then yeah and then you can carry on and, and improve yeah so so then you went to 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 peterhead and it seemed to be quite a frustration spell with um with um injuries how, how do you look back on that, that brief brief time at, at peterhead yeah well, it was a brief time at peterhead it was um i had a bit of a a floating around season after Aberdeen. I moved back home and I was with uh, like Arkington Stanley and then my agent again led, led me towards Halifax Town. Um, so I was signed for Halifax and we got on really well. Um, but then I got a hamstring injury which didn't seem to want to go away and then it kept making it worse. And then um, it was a game against, uh, it was a friendly game against Man City and uh, I actually ruptured my hamstring. Um, I did a couple of weeks full-time uh, rehab at Lillishaw, which was, at the time, England's training camp, so I had the best treatment and everything, and it was Arkansas Stanley that really looked after me. Um, and then I was basically told then I'd never make a full recovery from mm. the injuries that I had. Um, but I thought I'd never be able to go back to full-time, um, which was tough 
to take a 20, 21 year old. But I was out to prove everyone wrong, went to, went to Peterhead, and I was expecting injuries um, on my hamstring, but I wasn't expecting like back injuries, which are obviously all connected now. If you get a back injury, you're inevitably going to get hamstring injuries and have other issues. So yeah, Peterhead was was it was a frustrating time, but again, it was an experience, um, and yeah, it was my first real experience at semi-pro football as well. Yeah, so then then you 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 moved um, to the to the Highland League um, with um, Keith. Um, how how did you find that compared to um, Peterhead? Um, yeah, well. It came about a bit of a strange way. I, I was ready to just stop, stop playing football. My my body was just in in pain all the time, and then I was said go and go and train with go and train with Keith. And, and being quite naive, I was like, I'm not really dropping down to that level. I, I, I wouldn't enjoy it. Mm. Um, and then when I went to train with him, I instantly loved it. It was uh, I fell in love with the lads. To be honest with you, that it was such a good um, close group of lads there, and instantly felt. Uh, at home instantly felt welcome and uh, just loved it as soon as I got into the club um, first training session loved it um, Darren Still was the manager then and there was some great lads that I still keep um, keep in touch with now and it almost made me fall in love with the game again and I think that um, was basically the Highland League it wasn't just Keith I think it was the Keith was a, definitely a family club. You've, everyone was close, but I think that was just like a sign of the Highland League and what what the Highland League's about. It is very very close, um, a close league. Everyone gets as much as like there's the rivalries, but everyone's there for each other, and it's very it's a very close community. I think. Yeah. So so what was it like um, um, picking up your your first silverware, the the Highland League um, Cup? It was fantastic because I remember that season um, we actually had a bit of a beast in the league. It was the season before that we come very close and I think we were like two games away from winning the league um, and then we just got uh, picked at the finish line but then the season after that um, we we had a lot of injuries during the season, me included, and uh, we ended up just being um, a cup team. So I think we finished... I'd say about tenth. I think we finished that season. Uh, it was a really, really bad um, league performance. But yeah, getting the first silverware again with the lads that were in in the club was fantastic. Um, it was Sandy Stables who obviously passed away now, but it was definitely it was like this is for him because again the Highland League and Keith Football Club are just such a close community and you just felt like that. It was almost like everyone shared and enjoyed the moment. It was it really was a good experience that one. Yeah, and you, there was a lot of um players that went on to to Delaware clubs such as Cammy Keith and stuff. What who would you um say were the were the standout players that you played alongside? Cammy Keith was uh, my partner up front for, for by two and a bit seasons I was at Keith and he was he was a, such a strange player he could be having an absolute nightmare <laughs> you'd be so frustrated with him and then 10 minutes to go you're getting so annoyed with him and then he'll score a hat-trick he's just he's just a natural goal scorer and that was fantastic to have in your team and I think I've been lucky enough in throughout my Highland League career to be playing with strikers that um, score so many goals um, almost made me look, made me look good. Sorry, <laughs> um, you, when you 
someone yeah. like Kyrie Keys playing up front with you, um, you know you only need one chance and he'll score. It was the same going forward with uh, at, at Cove with Darren Nicholl and then Mitch Meganson. So, um, yeah, you, you get those good players in the team. So you've got Cammy Keith, but you could go through that. You could go through the Keith team at that time. Um, Andy McCaskill, was, we had a good partnership, the three of us. Um, he's still flying at, at Bucky, he's such a good player. Um, Stuart Walker, he's a good friend of mine as well. And then he followed me to Cove. Well, we followed each other to Cove. <laughs> and uh, he, he, again, did so well at Cove as well. So there's, there's so many good players in that team. Yeah. So were you doing Cammy Keith running for him? I did everything for him. <laughs> he, just, he just did the scoring for both of us. I didn't have to score. He scored enough for both of us, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it, it almost was that was that type of relationship with, with me and Cammy up front. That I, I didn't mind, and, and I've always been like that. I've never been the type of striker that'll go and grab 40 goals a season. I don't mind chipping in with my 20, 25 a season because I know that I'll contribute more and get more assists than I will goals, to be honest, and that's what I've, that happened with Cammy. I'm more than happy for someone to take the plaudits as long as we keep winning. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did all the running for Kami, did all the <laughs> flick on, holding the ball up for him and then just throw the ball in the box. He'd do the rest. He'd do the important job. Yeah, so so what what would you say were your, your favourite memories um, from your from your time at Keefe? Uh, it's going to say the, the cup. It, it, it had to be the cup. Um, definitely, but it sounds bad, like not to do Keith an injustice, but it was probably my my off field memories. I have fonder memories with Keith. It was mm. such a good close group of lads, um, and we used to we used to be a few beers on the bus. And I think again, just um, epitomises the Highland League and, and and what it's about. It's a it's a case of yeah, it's football. It's a semi professional football, but you enjoy it as well. You go, yeah, you're not your pan in against. Bucky away, and then you can have a few beers on the way back, and you have a laugh with your mates, and that that to me is what the Highland League's about. Yeah, so so after that, you you went on to to Cove. Um, how how did that interest um come about? I think when you you probably say that the team sort of started crumbling a little bit when um, Staley left as a manager at Keith. Um, I knew that there was a couple of clubs interested in us when when we were doing really well at Keith and there was a number of players that were creating an interest, but no one would even entertain leaving Keith because it was such a close club. And I think even then, like financially, um, there was other clubs offering more money and so that, but you just wouldn't think about leaving. And then when Stilly, the manager, left for like his work reasons or whatever it was that he left for, um, the, the team did start to crumble. You, you lost... A lot of our players, like say, Kami, Dean Donaldson, um, McCaskill, myself, Stuart Walker, and I think it was a sign of when one left, it's sort of like everybody left. Um, but the Cove contacted Keith and remember Stilly phoning me and telling me that um, that Cove were interested, and it was Tyndall at the time, um, who who I was speaking to, and I knew that I playing against Cove, I knew that. In my eyes, they were they were the, the best team in the league at that time. So that was what interested me in going there straight away. And then having met Tinder a couple of times and having heard what he was saying, planning the new ground and everything else like that, I knew it was something I wanted to be a part of. Um, and then took it from there. 
Yeah, and, and obviously at that time, that was when they were they seemed to recruit a lot of players, the likes of Chris um, Clark from Aberdeen and, and various different players. Um, so how 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 did you find that? Was was it a wee bit of a step up, or 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 not really? Um, I don't, I don't know. I, w- I don't know. I wouldn't really see it as a step up. It was it was maybe slightly in a step up. Um, maybe it was ran slightly more professionally. Um, but standard wise, players wise, there, there was a lot of a lot of really good players at Keith when I left. Um, and there was a lot of really good players at Cove when I when I joined, and I think Cove nothing to do with me, but Cove definitely improved as the time went on. Um, as I as I stayed on, Cove definitely did improve. They brought in better players, um, and then the training took a step up as well. Um, and I think that's just a sign of again the higher leagues getting better and better. I think you play as the standard of the higher league when I first joined was good and I think now the standards is so good and you can you, it's no surprise to me that um, that like Edinburgh and then Cove who went up go on to have success because I don't think there's much of a difference between the, be- the best of teams in the Highland League and the league clubs as well in Scotland Yeah, um, so your your first um, title winning season how, how did you how did, how did you feel being part of that? It, it just seemed that times Cove were were quite unstoppable when you saw them facing our teams. Yeah, we had that sort of, um, oh crap, we're 1-0 down with 10 minutes to go. That doesn't matter, we'll win anyway. And and it was that, and I think that was, um, when we started that, it was John Sharon. I think he, he got that mentality into the lads that we were the best team in the league. If you're losing, go out and change it because you've, you're, you're capable of doing it. And I, did, I do think that unstoppable pretty much summarise it I think lads knew that we could beat every team in the league every team um, can give you a game and there's no easy games in the high league but we knew that we had the beatings of everybody we just had to go and change game plans and stuff like that to suit um, but yeah to win the first the first league title was, was great it really really was um, and then the, the silverware just kept coming in from there and I thought it was like it was we'd shown we'd gained more confidence knowing that we can go and do it and then we just went on and had that belief in us that we could go and do it season after season yeah so so what was it like playing in those big games your your broras um and, and stuff like that because it seemed to be at times it was only cove and 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 Brora up at the top for a wee while they, they were good games they, they were always there they were always always really close they were always like the one nils and, and stuff like that but it, it was good I think again, it's like shows the sign of the improvement of the high end league, where it was. It's very, very tactical now. It's not just a case of going shoving eleven out to go beat them. And I think Brora did the same. They, they've got a good management team behind them. They had at the time a good management team behind them. Now they still have now. And John Shannon was was the same. He changed tactics to suit um, the the teams that we were playing against, or to go and bet, better match them. So yeah, it, it was. It was really, really good. It was. You get some good crowds back then. It just seems a distant memory, but yeah, you get some good crowds back then and, and good atmosphere in those games. Yeah. So the your second title winning season, Cove managed to score one hundred and five goals. What do you think was the big reason behind that? I think at that one, correct me if I'm wrong. I think that was um, 
Daryl Nicholl was there. Um, myself, you had Jamie Watt was there. Yeah. And what he was coming to the end of his career, but he still knew where the back of the net was. He did, probably didn't play as many games as he wanted to, but he still contributed with his fair goals. And I think I scored. Oh man, I think it was over. It was it was probably close to thirty that season, between twenty five and thirty. I think I scored that season, and and then you had throughout the whole season, not just in the league, you had Daryl who could score for fun and what he would, would be almost. I hate me for using it, but was like a squad player at the time. But yeah. he still contributed over twenty goals. Mm. And um, I think you had midfielders, and everyone was just contributing. And I think it was again we were just so apart from myself, so fast going forward that we could just hit anyone on the counter-attack and um, and go and get as many goals as we wanted, really. Yeah, do you feel like looking at, at that team that probably most of the players could comfortably play in either League 2 or, or League 1? Definitely, yeah, definitely. Um, you, you look, again, you look at the, the Cove team now that are flying, it's great to see them, but it's even better to see that the players that are playing are the lads that... Um, a lot of the lads that have been playing the Highland League that have been there for years. Scully, Masson, Stu McKenzie, um, Harry Milne, who's a, who was a, a young player who played a good couple of years at Highland League, built up that strength in himself and gone on to, to do so well. And Mitch Megginton, who had a few years Highland League before he, before stepping back up. So yeah, and Blair Yule as well. Like They're players that are the Highland League players, or they were Highland League players, but comfortably go up and, and they're proving that now. Yeah, so so how 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 did you find it once when the the decision to to leave Cove after after such a successful time there? I think people like sort of underestimated how hard it was for me to leave Cove because mm. again it was it was such a close um, close group of lads. I had a lot of things going on um, at the time. I was um, working in Peterhead. I was um, couldn't tell anyone at the time but we just found out we were having um a second baby hmm. and i just couldn't keep up with it to be honest yeah rest <laughs> uh, levels were work and then family commitments i couldn't do the an hour and a half commute from peterhead down to cove to train twice um twice a week i was getting home at nine half nine at night and then getting up at five in the morning so it was it was tough um and i, I sort of hinted that john uh, to John Sharon and I don't think he was sort of keen on it initially but I think once speaking to him he saw the reasons why I was doing it and then he, he didn't stand in my way he was very much of a case of we want you to but if you um, I understand what you're going through if, if that's what's best for you and your family you need to do it so yeah it was great and him supporting me to do that and then I knew there was a few clubs interested and then it seemed to be locals that were the ones that I, the first ones that I was really speaking to and met with Mike and Graham at, at Locos and instantly took a liking to, to the settings and everything there. Yeah, so your 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 time at um, Locos was quite mixed with obviously some some injuries as well. But um, how how did you how did you find that? Yeah, well, I. I, I I had a bad injury, obviously, in my previ- in my younger days, but this was by far the worst one. Like during my cruciate, I think it was the third game in. I was probably the fittest I've ever been when I when I joined Locos. Um, I was I was I was flying when I joined. Um, 
and that bad injury was, was tough to take. Um, but again, locals being the way that they are, stood by us, supported us, go, um, and all, all my treatments and stuff. But yeah, it, it, it was a tough one because I, I, I had my best intentions of going there and, and getting locals back to competing. And I honestly do think that we would have if we would have um, kept myself and other lads um, injured as well because there was a few injuries that season in my first one there. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. It's a part of football. You get injured, you, you move on. And that's what, that's what unfortunately happened at Locos. Yeah, now now you're now you're up for Martin. Um, obviously, um, there's the the Scottish Cup um, game coming up soon. Um, so so how are you feeling about potentially playing football again? Honestly, it's, it's the thing that's been getting us through. To be honest with you, the thoughts of playing football again. Um, everyone's got their own their own lives, their own jobs in the background. But I think football at our level is such a release because it's your fitness it's your social side of it as well and it's everything so it just I can't wait to get back so we did all our um, all our tests over the weekend and uh, luckily they all came back negative so we're good to go and we start back training tonight actually so yeah can't wait yeah. hopefully hopefully it's, I think this is like the sixth pre-season this season we're doing <laughs> so uh, it's a bit of a strange one but yeah we're, we're just um we're delighted to be back and we're just determined to get past Annan and then hopefully it's not just a case of getting back for two weeks we can hopefully get another game out of it as well but Motherwell yeah so so how how are you feeling obviously there'll, there'll be no fans at the at the game which will be weird you'll be able to hear all your shouts and your your screams at each other more clearly <laughs> yeah we've I think Lawson did um in an interview said something similar so we're not we're not playing in front of thousands of thousands of fans um, the fans that do come out uh, um, certainly make themselves heard and it's great to, to to have them to have them there but with the, the start of the season we played a few games before it got um, paused again we're sort of used to now playing behind closed doors it's not the same but it, it is what it is and we can we'll take football in any way or form right now so uh, to play Annan which is a big game for the club and for the players and it would have been a great great game for people all the fans to come and watch we've just got to get on with it and just be grateful that we can um, that we can go and play just now in terms of um, you're wanting to, to get silverware um, why, why do you think um, for Martin is the, the place you can you can fulfil that I just think they've got they've got such good quality players uh, the management teams as well experienced at, at the best of levels the training I could see straight away um, was was fantastic the training is really really good the players are, the players are a high quality and uh, the club itself the ground and everything is, is great I knew what they wanted to do which is go and challenge and go and compete and that's the same same ambition as myself is I want to if I'm, if I'm playing in the high league for two three four five more years I want to be competing every every season as soon as I stop competing for, for trophies I'll, I'll stop competing in the high league um, playing playing high league football doesn't appeal to me unless I'm competing for, for these things um, so, so over your career um, who who do you think's been the the best player you, you've played against 
played against, um, I'm just saying it because I'm there now, but for Martin, players, and you've, we've had some rivalries with them. Um, Johnny Crawford, Stuart Smith, Craig McEwen, they're, they're three, of the, three of the best defenders in the league, to be honest. We have had some battles with them playing, um, playing for, more so for Cove, to be honest. But yeah, those three players, I think, are up there with the best defenders that in the league. Um, yeah, and obviously playing the lads at Brora, really good players, really well disciplined and, and physical players, and they're the type of games that I want to be playing in. You want to be playing in games like that that are, are real tough challenges. But I'd say I'd say the three the three for Martin lads, I would say. Yeah. So um, so out of all the goals you you've scored and stuff, what is there any ones that stand out for for you the most? Um. <clears throat> I always remember we when we was at Cove, it was, I think it was like three games to go, we played Clark away and we needed to win, to win the league. And um, I was, John Sherrill made the bad decision of putting me right midfield, but ended up being the right decision, which he often, he often did some strange decisions that turned out to be good ones. And he put me uh, right midfield and I was absolutely hating it all game. <laughs> and then... Uh, I think there was a there was a half a chance and I ended up scuffing one. Um took a bit of a deflection and went in to make it one nil and then had another left foot volley um, to make it two and then I got a um penalty to make it three nil. Though any of those goals because of because of the way it was, we beat Clark three nil. We needed to win to win the to win the league. Any of those three goals to be honest. Um yeah, it was just it was great to be to score the goals, but also great to be to for what it what it got us. Yeah, definitely. Um, moving on to something different. Um, I noticed um, just before all of this, um, you set up um, this health and well-being cafe. The key, um, obviously, you won't be able to open up soon. But how are you feeling about that as a as your venture, a new venture? Oh, it's it's exciting. It's um, it's something I've been working on for uh, oh, eighteen months now. It was bad timing. We were due to launch it in uh, March, which the initial lockdown in 2020. So mm. that didn't go ahead. So we delayed opening, and then we we opened with restrictions in July. And uh, yeah, we've not even been able to have a full full open of it yet. We've had people in the cafe and stuff like that, but with limitations, limited households on tables and stuff like that, which is frustrating. But it's showing signs that it's hopefully going to be successful. Um, health wellness the, the training and, and fitness and nutrition is something I've, I've always been passionate about and uh, it's good because I'm getting to link up with uh, football teams and again symbolising the closeness of the high league all the clubs have come out to support us so we've been doing uh, providing meals for locals for Martin uh, Turriff um, been speaking to Bucky as well about getting their meals um, sent up to them for their pre and post match um, nutrition side of things, and as well as doing Cove and Cove's our big big one that we've been linking up with now, so providing all their meals for Cove, which is it, it is it's good it's good to be in and around these players and and the the, the teams and and everyone supporting me really, which is great. Yeah. So so how 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 important is is health and and um, nutrition going forward now in terms of part-time football because maybe in the past it wasn't taken as seriously as it should have. No, I mentioned earlier on that the, the change in the Highland League and the time that, that um, 
that I've been there is you had like you had these big big chunky hairy ass defenders sort of thing and they're a thing of the past now these big hardy players don't seem to be um, in the higher league anymore it's very fitness based but you see that at all levels you look at the the, the English Premier League you see that the, everyone's so athletic and it is all down to nutrition it's all saying like you can't out train a bad diet and you can't you, you can be the fittest guy in the world as long as you're not fueling your body if you're fueling your body um poorly you'll eventually run out of steam and um, I think everyone's sort of got onto that now and, and clubs getting onto the importance of nutrition and, and sort of looking after yourself the strength and conditioning as well a lot of clubs now uh, are not saying right, let's go out and run and run and run you're changing the training to the more agility work and, and strength core and and, um, and conditioning work and I think it, you're seeing lads now playing on till Till they're older. I was just speaking about him the other day, but look at Nacho at Locos. Yeah. He's uh don't want me to, to tell you his age, but he's he's high thirties anyway. And he's an absolute machine. He's he's just a, a an athlete that um works very hard uh, in the gym um during during training as well and he's just like a, a true professional. And you see the lads like that who, who can just carry on playing until they're older because they've looked after themselves on and off the field. So, yeah, I think I think it's definitely important, and I think it's a sign of showing that the high league, the standards of the high league, the football and everything is, is getting better, it's getting faster. Lads are getting faster, stronger. So, yeah, I think, it's, I think it is so and so important. Yeah, and, and, and also with the, with, the, with the playoffs um, now, system now in, how, is, how important is that in terms of now teams are... Instead of just just win, I'm not saying just winning the league, but um, they have something that to work on moving moving up the leagues potentially. I think it's great. I, I felt sorry for Brora um, last season on, on missing the chance of doing that, and I, I, I do think that was really really wrong. It's not my place to say it, but I think there's, I think they should have had a chance to of at least playing a game um, to do it because it is it is a big part of it, and and. You could argue what well, wasn't there five years ago, so it's no big deal. It is a big deal if you've if you've planned your season to be in those games and you've worked hard to be in those games, and someone takes it away from you. In my eyes, I don't think that's fair. I think they should have got a shot at doing it, and I don't know what they're going to do this season with uh, the high end league, which is everything's up in the air and everything just now. But I, I, I personally think that they should figure a way of doing it. So um, there's a playoff this season as well. Um, because I, I think that's part of our game now. I don't think you can have playoffs in the league clubs, but not have playoffs to get into the league clubs. Um, it is, it's a it's a great opportunity for clubs. And again, we spoke about Cove. We've shown that there's not much difference in standards um, between the high, the better high league teams and the league clubs. Um, and it's, it's a good opportunity for these clubs to go and progress. Brora, again, have, have shown the signs that they want to go up. They're ready to go up, and the, the playing squad and everything they've got, and the management team they've got, they, I think they, they could have gone up. I think it's been a bit um, unfair that they didn't get that opportunity. Thanks for listening to the Highland League podcast. Hope you can join me next time for another interesting interview. Um.